You are listening to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Mask with Diva with Depression. Thank you for listening. I'm excited that you decided to come back. I am the Diva with Depression and I'm here today. I hope that you all are doing well. I hope that you are being true to your feelings. I hope that you are sharing your feelings more, letting people know how you feel and letting people know how to help you. I want you to remember that baby steps are still steps. So I hope that you are doing what you can, when you can, however you can. I want to thank everyone that has taken the time to listen to my first few episodes. I'm enjoying the feedback. I'm enjoying the comments. I'm enjoying the support. I cannot begin to tell you guys how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my episodes, share my episodes, and hopefully, 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 Someone out there is finding the courage to sort of step forward, um, start to be loud. Um, But if anything, I just hope that it's helping someone. Always remember that you can't help everyone, but you can help one person, and that's important. So let's just dive into why we're here today. June is Men's Health Month. I know, I know, there's a month for everything. Y'all know I can't keep up. My brain does not work like that. So I started writing stuff down. Um, But although it sort of seems cliche to say that there's a month for everything, it's a good thing because we're highlighting, highlighting issues that are affecting us every day. And so you don't want to sort of, you know, take take the wind out of the sail, the sail of the issue by highlighting it and by zeroing in on the problem, it brings awareness. So that's why I try to keep up with the different months and the different issues and the different awareness that we're bringing to some of our our issues today. So when I saw that it was Men's Health Month, I said, I must, 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 must do an episode on this. I, I made a list when I started this, this episode of things that I wanted to discuss. And I made a list before I started even doing the podcast itself about how I wanted to maybe take the time to have a men's episode once a month. Uh, um, sort of discussing men and mental health once a month, having a, a, a man come on and discussing their, <clears throat> sort of their, their bouts with depression and some of their symptoms. So I was excited that it is mental health, is men's health month, excuse me, and that I got a chance to, to talk about some of the general things as far as men and mental health is concerned. So, Please don't get jaded by 
you know, some some of the advocates as myself that we we sort of every month we're ripping off a different awareness, you know, enjoy it, um, take advantage of it, because the more we talk about it, the more awareness it brings to it. And hopefully that will bring some more resources. You know, if we, we start talking about men and mental health, more men will go out and get help and start to talk about it. We start talking about men's health period and we start talking about prostate cancer and diabetes and high blood pressure, which are some of the things that are um, prevalent in men. And hopefully the more we talk about it, the more hope we give to men and get them out to the doctors to discuss these things. So I can go on and on about the many health issues facing the men around me. But since I'm a mental health advocate, that's what I'll I'll try to stick to today. And since I'm not a man, (laughs) I will try not to speak for them. I will speak to them with love and concern. I posted a meme on Instagram that said 15% of men will suffer from a mental illness. That's 15%. And so that may not seem like a large number to you, but it is a significant number. But I decided to take it one step further since I'm a Google nerd (laughs) and I wanted to look up some statistics to share with you guys. My sister used to say, if you need any information, call me at 3 a.m. and I will find it for you. So I'm going to share some statistics and don't laugh at me that sometimes I get caught up in that word. But here we go. So 51.5 million people live with a mental illness. And that is a figure from 2019. 56.5% of those people were males. 56.4% were males 18 to 25 years old. That's a lot of that's a lot of people. That's a lot of men. So, again, 51.5% million people. Among that 51.5% 5 million people with an active mental illness, 16.3% were males. Now, remember we said the 15% in the beginning, so the number is growing. And so as of 2019, it was 16.3%. It's now 2021. And between the racial stress and the pandemic and just everyday life, we can just imagine what the numbers would be like today. And so where are we at with that? You know, it's, it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. And now we have another number. The percentage of young adults between 18 to 25 years old with an active mental illness was 38.9%. Males with an active mental illness was 36.8%. So you know what that means, fellas? Y'all ain't going to get no help. 
Y'all ain't talking about it. You're just not talking about it. You're keeping it to yourself um, and you're not taking the time to heal your mental and your physical wounds. Here's another statistic that sort of blew me away because you don't hear about men as much as you hear about women when it comes to mental illness. Men die by suicide 3.5 times more than women. Men experience a higher rate of suicide than women. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? So men are taking their lives at a higher rate than women. And we have to think about that. Why is that? But I think it's all a circle because they are taking their lives because they're not getting treated or they're not sharing with their family and friends how they really feel. And they're not acknowledging past wounds, past trauma, past feelings, past history. It's sort of heartbreaking. Six out of every 10 men experience at least one trauma in their lives. The trauma could be related to accidents, physical assault, combat, PTSD. These are things that, that happen to men and they just, you know, put a bandaid on it and they keep going. And so I guess if you really think about some of these numbers, you can see why we are where we are today. Nearly one in 10 men experience depression and anxiety. And that's according to a poll by the National Center for Health Statistics. Nearly one in 10 men reported experiencing some form of depression or anxiety, but less than half sought treatment. One in 10 men. It should be 10 out of 10 men. 10 out of 10 men should say, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed, and I would like to do something about it. That is in a perfect world. That's what we would want. We want our spouses, partners, brothers, sons, uncles, grandpas. We want our men to feel better about themselves. We want our men to feel comfortable seeking help. So last episode, if you guys remember, I talked about my younger brother and his bout with depression and his bout with suicide. And over the course of the years, my brothers and I are very close. So we, sh we have, there are some experiences that we have shared and some experiences that we don't share. And in the course of talking to my brothers over the years, even though my depression presents more severe, that does not mean that my brothers don't deal with depression in their own way. And my older brother is pretty vocal about it now. And so I know that I'm not alone <laughs> in my family when I say that I, and I mean my immediate family, when I say that 
I struggle with a mental illness. I know now that my brothers are also there with me sometimes. And I'm not sure if that's something that they share with people outside of their sister. And I'm sure that there are different reasons why, you know, we'll get into that later. But I do know after talking to them that depression and mental illness in men is real. And I sort of learned from watching them how it could present itself. So that made me more aware of what to look for in other men in my life. When I was hospitalized the first time, I think I shared with you guys that the doctors called my parents to discuss what was going on, discuss my treatment and different things like that. And my mom shared that my grandpa suffered with depression. This floored me. Um, I think that this took away about a day of my moving forward while I was in the hospital because as I share with you guys all the time, my grandpa was my life. Um, I just worship my grandfather. And he is one of the strongest men that I know. And so to hear that he battled with depression, something that it's not a sign of weakness, but I know where it can take you. I could never even imagine grandpa feeling how I feel. I can't imagine him having days like I have. So that sort of opened my eyes to the reality that some of the strongest men in our world are living with mental illness. And then as I started to share more and started to be a little bit more open about what I'm dealing with, more family members started to reach out to me and talk to me. And so I realized that I have uncles that struggle with it. I have cousins that struggle with it. I have dear friends that struggle with it. And it was, well, first and foremost, it was painful because you don't want anyone that you love to go through this. And so I know what I go through on a daily basis to just imagine one of my loved ones going through this, it breaks my heart because I, don't, I, I can't, I don't want that for them. So that was the first range of emotions. But the second range of emotions was, wow, wow. And you, you sort of think about what you can do to help the men in your life get through this. But first and foremost, you think about how can you get them to open up about what they're going through? How can you get them to go get help, to talk to someone, to talk to a professional about what they're going through? And I've even approached some, some of my friends and family members about maybe letting me you know, talk to them um, through my blog and the majority of them said, hell no, that they would not do it. And I was dumbstruck because I said, you know, why? 
why? You talk to me all the time about the things that you're going through. Why not talk to the world and share what you're going through? Why not share what you're going through so maybe you can help someone that's coming behind you or that's standing next to you with what you're going through? And I get it. You know, I, I share that part of living with a mental illness is living with the shame of having a mental illness. It's something that I deal with every single day. You're ashamed that, number one, you're living with this illness. Number two, that you start to, you sort of feel like you let you, you lost something, like you're a failure, that you couldn't hold everything together and you let this depression monster take over. And so every single time you're experiencing about an episode, the shame sort of grows because you just, it's something bigger than you. You can't handle it. And when we can't handle something, we feel like we failed. And so you have men who, you know, they were raised traditionally. I have to be the man of the house. I have to be the savior. I have to be the protector. How can I be that symbol of strength when this invisible illness is taking me down? And that's how men think. That, that's what they feel. Or let me say that's how the men that I've talked to feel about opening up about their bouts with a mental illness. They're raised with these traditional roles. roles. Uh, they have to be the manly man <laughs> all the time. Um, they have to never show fear, never show vulnerability because that's a sign of weakness. And that's sad. You know, it's sad. We've gotten better, I think, now that we're in 2021 and making sure that our loved ones know that they can open about open up about what they're dealing with we've gotten better but we're not great at it and so there are still millions and millions of men who will not share what they're feeling based on their fear of being ridiculed or judged or shamed and that's not just with mental illness i mean how many men do you know that won't admit to having physical illnesses either. They won't admit to it. They won't go to the doctor for it. They won't get treated for it because they want to be strong all, all the time. And so it's a battle, you know, it's a battle. And I'm not saying that women are perfect. <laughs> We're far from it, but I think women are taught to be more aware of the, their emotions than men and and that's where we're losing our brothers they're not sharing their pain and women you know we could do better <laughs> you know we can't we have to do better with letting our men know that vulnerability 
is a strength. You know, I'd rather have a man tell me that he is not healed or whole. Share with me that he's had some trauma in his past. Share with me that he's broken. I'd rather have that than deal with a man who is broken and stuffing. <laughs> you know, they are hiding their pain. They are masking their pain. And that pain turns into something else. That pain turns into alcoholism, uh, drug use, crime, physical abuse, emotional abuse. These are all things that pain transfers to when we stuff it. And I was on a, I think I was on a panel and we were discussing the different, the different addictions that come out of mental illness. And so, of course, you know, alcohol is always the first one that's discussed, which is something that I can relate to. So I guess that's why I, I always use that as my first example. But someone said, we always highlight the drunk driver and their transgressions. But do we ever highlight why they were drunk in the first place? Think about that. We always want to bash people for where they are in life, but we never take the time to think about why they are there in life. And so if you have the men in your life who are drinking, who are indulging in drugs, who are have anger management issues, who are physically abusive, emotionally abusive, do we ever stop and take the time to think about how they got to be that way? Now, I know personally, no. I I would do it with, you know, say my brothers or even some of my friends, but when I was in that relationship with an emotionally abusive person, I did not take the time to think about what made them that way because at that moment, it was affecting my safety. So I didn't have the time to think about what made them tick. But now that I'm out of the situation, I can sort of look back and say, well, maybe there was a history there. Maybe there was something there that that person never acknowledged about themselves. And instead of treating their pain, they turn their pain into another addiction or another abusive habit. And so when we force men to hide their pain, to stuff their pain, to mask their pain. We are therefore responsible for how they act out, what they transfer that pain into. So I think that that's something that we need to take the time to recognize going forward. 
we have to recognize that it's dangerous to keep asking people to hide their feelings. I was really, 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 I won't say, I'm not angry. I was sort of sad. The wind, I, I mean, I was really, really sad when I talked to several men and they all turned down my request to write about their issues. Because most of them were older and most of them present as confident men. They present as manly men, in quotes. They are some of the strongest people that I know, some of the strongest people in my life. They've helped me throughout the years. So I, I was sort of disappointed that I couldn't share what they were really going through. We have to stop. We have to stop. We have to stop applying these, these roles to people. 51.9% million people are struggling with a mental illness. 51.9. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. 16.3% are men. Think about that. Think about that. 56.5% of men are struggling with a severe mental illness. Think about that. Think about when we're watching the news or we're reading the newspaper and they present statistics about men that are in prison or men that are in, you know, mental institutions, men that are hurting other people. They never present to us the, the statistics about what brought them there. How many lives could we have saved if we would have taught our young men to share? Just share. How many men have bullied me over the years because of their own pain? Those are things that I can think about now that I'm out of those situations but I couldn't think about them then. I remember when I was in elementary school and there was uh, a kid there, I won't say his name, but he bullied me constantly. It, and it was painful that I had to go through that. And every single time there was an instance of him bullying me, someone would say, oh, well, he's not well, or, you know, he has a difficult home life, or this or that. Why didn't anybody take the time to look into why he was acting the way he was acting? 
maybe there was something traumatic going on in his home life. And when he came to school, maybe I looked like the person that was traumatizing him. And that's why he bullied me. Do we think about that? Do we think about our young men living in emotionally abusive environments and how they go outside of those environments and treat people the way that they are treated? We don't give them the chance to share. We don't teach them that it's okay. And we have to start teaching them that it's okay to feel how they feel. We, we have to stop saying man up. We have to stop telling our babies, boys, don't cry. You're not supposed to cry. Suck it up. No. If he's hurt, let him cry. If his feelings are hurt, let him feel it. Because then, then he will grow up to know when he's hurting and how to handle that. But every single time we say man up, shut up, stop crying, and give them a punch to the chest to toughen them up, we're creating an abusive situation. We're creating a man that does not know how to acknowledge his feelings. We're creating a man who will not acknowledge his feelings. We're creating a man who thinks that violence is a way to express his feelings. And that's not okay. That is definitely not okay. And since I'm a minority mental health advocate, let's talk about black men. Let's talk about our Latino men. Hello? Do you know what it's like to live in a black man's world? Do you know what it's like to wake up every morning and feel like this could be your last day on earth? When you leave to go to work or when you leave to go to school, you don't know if you're gonna make it home because of A, B, C, or D. A, you're living in a bad neighborhood and so you don't know if the elements of that neighborhood are gonna take you out. B, you don't know if you're gonna have an encounter with a racist police officer and you're not gonna make it home. C, you have to go into corporate America, which I can write a book on. But a brother going into corporate America every day, do you know how thick his mask is? We all have a mask. <laughs> and when you live with, with mental illness, you, you have that mask. But think about the mask that a brother has to wear going into corporate America every single day. Just think about that. Not knowing if you're gonna be able to come home to your families every day. Uh, being judged by the, the color of your skin, being judged by your height, being judged because of what someone told you, told others to be fearful of. Think about that. And just add that to all of the other issues on a man's plate. 
that leads to brokenness. And that could be why the numbers are so high for our brothers being in prison, our brothers living with addiction, our brothers using abuse as the answer to their pain. That, that's the reason why the numbers are so high. Because in addition to all of the boundaries and the walls that every man faces, our brothers have additional weight on their shoulders. And, you know, we keep talking about generational pain, generational trauma. Brothers are, fa are faced with that also. And so if we can, we can express the need for change and the chain breaking for our sisters, we have to extend that same courtesy to our brothers. And we have to let them know that it's okay. We can heal together. But brothers, you have to understand that if you don't admit that you're hurting, and if you don't admit that you need help, there's nothing that we can do. We don't know how to help you. We don't know how to heal you. We don't know how to approach you. So I'm begging you, men, I'm begging you, brothers, to start working on your hurt. Start acknowledging your pain. Start recognizing that living with a mental illness is not a weakness. Start recognizing that Sexual abuse affects men also. Emotional abuse affects men also. You know, this is not a one-way street. Men and women are abused. Men and women are both in toxic environments. So we have to make it so that both men and women are comfortable sharing their stories. I, Robin Williams is one of my favorite comedians. He was one of my favorite, favorite comedians. And when he passed away, I was dumbfounded because not only was he an amazing com comedian, but he presented as a strong man. But the pain that he was in must have been unbearable. And when you have, in which we have, they have highlighted in the past five years, Lee Thompson Young, who was a young black actor who took his life. We had a couple of football players that took their lives. A football player, you know, a football player Who's stronger than a football player? Like, who's more? what's more manly than a football player? You know? 
a football player, these are these are men that our young men look up to. And they're taking their lives because they're in so much pain and nobody is acknowledging that pain. Nobody is helping them heal that pain. But what if that one football player acknowledged his pain publicly and shared with the world that he's getting help with that pain and shared with the young men that it's okay to feel what they're feeling? Where would we be? Where would we be? So, men, I want you to go get your prostate checked. <laughs> I want you to go get your diabetes checked out. Get your high blood pressure checked out. Get all of those physical things checked out. But I also want you to go get your soul checked out. I want you to take the day to, or the month, to go online. And if you feel like you are depressed, there's always quizzes on Google where you can sort of take a little quiz to find out if your symptoms are more you can go to your primary care physician and explain to them how you're feeling. And it could be, like I said, it could show up as anything. It could show up as crying. It could show up as anger. But share that with your primary care physician and let them know that you're looking for help. There are various resources online. Psychology Today is one of my favorite sites to share because you can look for a psychiatrist or a psychologist and it gives you so many drill down options, so many filters. So you can look for a man, uh, a male physician. You can look for the race of the physician. Just start, take one step. And if you don't want to take it alone, then find someone who is willing to help you take that step. I know that the women in your life would love to help you heal. I would love to help you heal. So if you don't have anybody else, contact me. I will find you a physician, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, someone to help you start to heal your pain. So feel free to contact me. There are Black Men Heal is another organization that I share to as a great resource for black men to learn to heal their pain, to begin the journey of healing their pain. Again, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I follow some wonderful brothers on TikTok who are doing the work with healing their pain and helping others to heal their pain. And so they're out there, men, fellas, brothers, hubbies, boyfriends. There are people out there that are waiting to help you and are willing to help you. So please take this time during Men's Health Month to work on your mental health. 
because I'm going to tell you from experience that your mental health can wreck your physical health and vice versa. So why not take the time to get them both checked out and start the path to healing? We need you to stick around. We need you to change the world. We need you to be here and to be present. So please, please, please take that baby step to healing. I'm the Diva with Depression, and I will talk to you next time. Searching